after I was born again in 1975, I first attended a non-denominational church called Believer's Chapel in the Dallas area. Pastors of that church were from Dallas Theological Seminary, and I knew nothing at all. I was just a sheep that just came into the flock, a new sheep. They were teaching a doctrine, tongues are of the devil, and they were teaching seminars on this. I am sure I had never heard of a tongue. I'm sure I'd never heard a tongue. I'm sure I really didn't care about this doctrine. But that's what they were teaching. One day I was reading the Bible. I I would just read the Bible from Matthew to Revelation and then back to Matthew to Revelation all the time. I had this little pocket Bible that I carried with me, and I was reading the Bible one day in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and I came upon a verse that basically changed my life. The Apostle Paul said in verse 39 of 1 Corinthians 14, Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy, and forbid not to speak with tongues. Don't forbid tongues in the gathering of the church. This is exactly opposite from the doctrine they were teaching at the church I was attending. They were teaching tongues are of the devil. And here is Paul saying in the Bible not to forbid the speaking in tongues in the gathering of the church. Immediately, I chose the Bible. I told my best friend who had taken me to that church, she and her husband went there, and I told her, I said, well, Donna, I'm not going back to that church because Paul said not to forbid the speaking in tongues and they're teaching against tongues. Donna said, well, I'm not going to go there either. She said, let's go to my apartment and we'll look at all the translations that I have of the Bible and see what they say. We were in the King James Every one of the translations that Donna had at her house said the same thing. Don't forbid the speaking in tongues in the gathering of the church. She said, well, I'm not going back to that church either. The next church I went to was a church called Beverly Hills Baptist. It was a, so to speak, full gospel Baptist church. I went with a friend and her husband who She was in the prayer group I attended and seemed very spiritual. I went with Barbara and her husband to Beverly Hills Baptist, and I don't know, we were there probably a couple of months. I don't know why Barbara decided to leave that church. Um, I had gone to the pastor one time to have a little meeting with him, a conference. And as a new Christian, I identified myself as being a new Christian. This church had at least 3,000 members in it and met at Beverly Hills Bowling Alley or something that had a great big circular bowling alley dome thing and we met there on Sundays big big congregation lots of people I went to him he was a very famous pastor to discuss something with him not that he had done something that I had been taught by God And after I told him whatever it was, I can't even remember what it was now, but I told him and he said, you'd have to be a spiritual giant to do that. And I said, really? Well, I do that all the time. 
and he was shocked. It was just a normal part of being a Christian to me. I think it was something to do with hearing from God and following the Spirit of God. And everybody should do it. So anyway, Barbara decided she wanted to go to a church in the Dallas area called Word of Faith. I followed her and her husband to that church. It was pretty country. They had a bunch of country-type people. Um, and it met in an old warehouse in Farmer's Branch, Texas, which is a suburb of Dallas. There were maybe 200 people that attended that church on the very best day. So I went to that church. I owned a business at that time in Dallas, American Indian Arts Business. I had three women who worked for me so they could keep the business going even if I wasn't there that day. They were very good in working in the business. I began to have some serious problems. The church people were calling them satanic attacks. It was just terrible, the depression that would come upon me. This went on for several months that all of a sudden I would be so depressed. Sometimes I would go home uh, to my apartment and just get in bed and just over and over and over say, praise God, thank you for my salvation. I was generally thankful for my salvation. Over and over and eventually the attacks would end and I would go to sleep. When I would fall into this depression, one of the women who worked for me would call the prayer group and ask them to pray, or she would call someone at the church group and tell them this had happened and ask them for prayer. One of the men that we knew at Dallas Theological Seminary, who was a professor, she called him one day and told him what had happened. His wife was my bookkeeper at that time at the business, so we knew Walt pretty well. And she told him about this problem that had happened to me. And he said, well, really the person in Dallas that I needed to see was Joan Boney because she owned an American Indian arts business and some of the people were saying the art objects were causing my problem. And they said, well, this is Joan Boney that's having the problem. And there was a theory at the seminary. Some of the professors thought, the problem was because of the art objects that I sold, because there are little figures on it, and some of the figures they said were demon figures, and it could be that. Well, Walt took over the case, and he said, no, it can't be the art objects, because he said, they don't have any power of themselves unless you give them a power by worshiping them or something. And Well, I hadn't done that. I was willing to get rid of all the art objects in my store. I didn't have anything in my store for merchandise but art objects, but I was willing to give it all up. Walt stopped me. He said, no, no, Joan, it can't be that problem. You have some other kind of problem. Well, I never thought to tell anyone I'd been taken into heaven twice and merged into the body of Jesus twice. I didn't tell anyone that. And later I mentioned that to a woman at the prayer group, and she said, 
why didn't you tell us this? And I said, well, I never thought anything about it. And she said, you have a strong call of God on your life and the devil is trying to destroy you. And I said, really? She said, yes. Those attacks got so bad. I was a brand new Christian and they got so bad that one day I was sitting in my office at my business and I thought, I'm not going to think about Bible anymore or God anymore or Christ anymore or any of these things. So I sat there at my desk and I thought, now, if I don't think of this, what can I think of? Because that's all I thought of after these things had happened to me, after I was born again, after I was taken into heaven twice. The only thing I cared about was God, the Bible, going to church, being with the people of God. That's all I cared about. My business meant nothing to me after this happened. So I thought, well, what will I think of if I'm not thinking of God and the Bible and Christ and the church? What will I think of? And I sat there and I thought, I'll just think of the alphabet. So I said, A. Well, that went pretty well. B. And that went pretty well. C. And it all fell apart because I couldn't think of C without thinking of Jesus Christ. I didn't know what I was going to do. I did not know what was causing this attack. But it would be just terrible depression. One day I was reading the Bible and the Holy Spirit opened my eyes to see something. I was reading in the New International Version and in 1 Peter chapter 2, I was reading that verse of Scripture from the New International Version. It says this, How is it to your credit if you're taking a beating for doing wrong and endure it? And God opened my eyes to see what I was doing. I wanted to marry. Prayer group was praying that I would have a husband. My best friend was praying that I would, God would bring me a husband. I'd been praying it for a long time. When I went to Word of Faith, I even claimed a scripture. None shall want her mate. That's somewhere in Isaiah. Every morning I would claim that scripture. When I would meet a man and everything looked really good, he would just disappear. One man even said, now, Joan, don't stop praying about our marrying. And he just vanished. Finally, I saw it was not the will of God for me to marry. This was not going to happen. One time, the man I was dating, he was walking up to my shop, and I saw him coming from his car toward my shop. I saw him out of the plate glass window, and I heard this from the Holy Spirit. You can have all the money you want, but you're not going to have this. Well, I thought the Holy Spirit was showing me I would not be marrying Bob. The Holy Spirit was basically telling me, you're not going to marry anybody. It took years for me to really see that I would not be marrying. I was engaged to a man in Lubbock even as late as 2006, and it blew up. I would see people with their husbands, and they were lots fatter than I was and, and really didn't look nearly as nice as I did, and yet they would have this real handsome husband. 
And I thought, oh, what's going on? Finally, I realized this is not what I would be doing. And I agreed with God. Okay. God had a calling on my life. He told me he had called me as an apostle. Everybody knew I was called as a prophet because of the work I did. I had these two callings on my life. Looking back on this situation, it would have just been impossible for me to marry in the calling that I had on my life. When I saw that, I agreed with God, and there was no satanic attacks after that. The satanic attack was being caused by my own desire, and I could not get what I wanted. And so the door was open for Satan to attack me. And after that, I didn't have any problem with depression. If I did have any, I would just turn to God and say, please help me. And it was vanish immediately. So basically, I was bringing this satanic attack on myself. There might be some of you who are bringing an attack on yourself by something you are doing, by someone you're with, or by a television program or something that you're indulging in that might be opening the door for you to be attacked. This is possible. Now, if you are wanting to marry, please don't get frightened because very, very few people have the kind of calling on their life that I have. So in all likelihood, you will marry. I don't want to frighten you. But I was opening the door for satanic attacks by my desire, which I could not get fulfilled through prayer. When you pray, if it's the will of God, it will be answered. But if it's not the will of God for you, he will not answer it because he's not going to let you have something that would be harmful to you or keep you from doing his will. 1 John chapter 5 tells us that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, and if we know he hears us, it will, de- it will be done for us. If we ask anything according to his will, at Word of Faith, they didn't tell you to pray according to the will of God. It was you're supposed to find a scripture and claim that scripture, and then you will get what that scripture says. But there was nothing mentioned about praying according to the will of God at Word of Faith. We were to find scripture to justify what we wanted and then claim that scripture every day. A woman in the prayer group said one time, well, of course Joan will marry. And then she said, if it's the will of God for her to marry. But then she went on and said, well, of course it's the will of God for her to marry. And so we discounted that thing that it might not be the will of God for me to marry. But my best friend heard over me this, my grace is sufficient for her. And she changed at that point and did not think I would be marrying. And she told me about this. Everyone else was praying for me to marry. Everyone. God did not let that happen. One man that I was dating even said, this is miraculous. He said, if we do this, I don't know how I know this, but it will destroy you. He was absolutely right. There is no way that I could do this work that I do and be married. 
it would be impossible. But the calling is very unusual. It's on my life. So, but you might be opening a door for the problem you're having if you have a problem and are genuinely born again and have the Spirit of God. You might be opening the door for the problem that is coming upon you if you have a strong problem. We're going to look at Psalm 107 for a minute. Start at verse 4. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. That's verse 6. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness, such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron, because they rebelled against the words of God and contemned the counsel of the Most High. Verse 17, fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. That's exactly what happened to me when I heard that passage in 1 Peter. How is it to your credit if you're taking a beating for doing wrong and endure it? And I saw immediately, it's like a bank robber who is arrested by the police and he says, woe to me, I'm in jail. It was his own fault he was doing wrong. Well, I was following after something that was not the will of God for me. It's not that it's evil what I was following after. It just wasn't the will of God for me because I had another calling on my life that would be incompatible with that which I wanted to do. He sent his word and healed them. He healed me by giving me that passage of scripture from 1 Peter and delivered them from their own destructions that they were causing by their desires. So examine yourself. If you're having bouts of depression as a Christian, perhaps you're following after something that you want that isn't the will of God for you. Learn to say to God, Thy will be done. Thy will be done in my life, and to really mean it. Trusting God. You can trust God. He will do better for us than we'll do for ourselves. He will keep us from the things that would not be good for us. It's sort of like a good parent who gives the child a piece of candy 
The child wants more candy. But the parent said, uh-uh. The parent will not allow the child to consume that which is, would make him sick or be wrong for him or hurt him. God's like that. You can fully trust God. He will keep you from the things that are bad for you. He will keep you from the people who would take you the wrong direction. He will keep you safe. But it may, you may not get everything you want. Because it's a scripture that says, No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. So if it's good for you, he won't withhold it from you. But if it would hurt you or, or hurt the calling of God that's on your life, he might not give it to you. Keep your faith in God. Turn to him. Learn to pray, Thy will be done. Learn to even mean If this will hurt me, please keep me from going this way. Learn to trust God. I I definitely came to the point where I trust God in the way he's taking me. And I know he'll take me in the way that is good and in the way whereby I can fulfill his will for me and the purpose that he has for me on this earth. Trust God. No good thing will he withhold from you. If it's a good thing, he won't withhold it from you. You may think it's a good thing, and he might withhold it because it would not be good for you. Trust God. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today.